Chapter 16 Fires leapt up, steam hissing from the ground. The earth shuddered, and like insects, the black rocks began to scatter and swarm down and down, taking me with them. Brothers, I shouted in my mind. Kiki shot up from my shoulder, flying off to find them. I slid down the mountain, scrambling for a bone or a pillar or anything to grab hold of, but the mountain was sliding with me. Spires of rock crumbled as it quaked, and smoke billowed up into the sky. A pit of lava seethed below, bright as the liquid sun. I wished I hadn't looked down. Powerful as Sarah used Pearl was, I didn't think it could resurrect me. Not while I wore this bowl on my head. Especially not if I had melted. My brothers were squawking for me, but they were searching from above the clouds of smoke. I had fallen too far for them to see me. I rolled onto my stomach, wrapped my arms around a crumbling stone. My hands hurt too much for me to hold on long. Kiki, I cried. Kiki! If ever I was grateful for my bond with the magic bird, it was now. I can almost sense her diving toward me, screeching at my brothers to follow. They broke through the clouds, fighting past blasts of scorching wind. Their white wings were bright against the blowing ash and fire. Hosho and Reiji grabbed my collar and flung me into the basket, but as we swerved away from Mount Rayuna, leaving it far behind, in my delirium, I thought I heard the thunderous growl of a dragon. We fled across the Taijin Sea, racing the storm. Lightning flashed the sky, thunder crackling not far behind. Then came the rain. It spilled from gravid clouds, each plop as heavy as a rain grain of rice. As the raindrops poured into my basket, my brothers careened, their wings folding as they struggled to carry me through the storm. We dipped below the clouds, the ropes that held my basket twisting as my brothers grappled against the wind. I clutched the edges of the basket, ignoring the burning pain in my fingers. Don't let us die. I'm too young a bird to die. Kiki was praying to every god she knew, but all I could do was stare at the sea. Something was hurtling through the water, a creature long and serpentine. Thunder boomed, earth shatteringly loud. It made the waves rise and the winds double in strength. In alarm, Wande and Yotan let go of the ropes holding my basket. For the longest second of my life, I flowed against the violent wind as the basket's sticks and branches came apart under my hands. The sea thrashed hungrily, and by the time the twins picked up the ropes again, I was shivering with fear and revelation. That wasn't thunder, I realized, still watching the waters below. It was the roar of a dragon. His whiskers were like lightning bolts, white and crooked, and the icy boulders of his eyes flared with menace. Naziun, the dragon king. From the depths of the Taijian Sea, he rose in all his terrible splendor. A tower of violet and sapphire scales, Benkai let out a high-pitched screech as the dragon swung his claws toward us. My brothers dipped, narrowly missing the dragon king's attack. He wants the nettles back, Kiki shouted. If you don't return them, he will kill you. King Naziyun wasn't exactly giving me a chance to return them. He, he struck relentlessly, my brothers just barely dodging each attack. We could not fly the dragon for long. Not all my six brothers had to carry me by rope in their beaks. I tugged on Yotan's wing. One day's two. In spite of their differences, the twins were closer with one another than any of our siblings. Even now, their wings beat in harmony. I gestured to the dragon king. Take me to him. Kiki began to translate, then her beak lifted in horror. What in the gods, Shiori? No. I wasn't listening. I was already hooking one arm over Yotan's neck and the other over Wande's. It was reckless. I could hear Andahai's shouts as Wande and Yotan carried me out of the basket. My legs hanging over the raging sea. Kiki's were a little harder to ignore. Shiori, this is madness. Think of me. I'll die if you die. Haven't we talked about caution as the creed of the wise, Shiori? Pinching my bird's wings, I thrust her into my sleeve for safekeeping. Then with a nod to my brothers, I jumped into the dragon king's head. I landed on one of his horns and then slid down to his eyebrows. Pain sliced into my hands as I clung to his bristly gold hair, thick as I imagined bear's fur to be before I lost my grip. 
I opened my satchel. Light spilled out, dazzling the dragon's pale eyes. I have need of a starstroke net to break a terrible curse, I shouted with my thoughts, not sure if he could hear them. One enacted by my stepmother, the nameless queen. Please, she has a dragon pearl in her heart, and I need it to save my brothers, these six cranes. Grant a safe passage across the Tygian Sea. I will return the starstroke when I have broken the curse. I lowered my collar, revealing the glimmering fragment of Sarah's pearl inside my heart. King Nazayun's eyebrows slanted with recognition, and the waters trembled. For a moment, I thought my gamble had worked, but I was mistaken. With a roar, he dove back into the sea, taking me with him. Nothing could have prepared me for the dragon king's might. I tumbled off his brow, my terror reflected in his gleaming sapphire scales before I went into free fall. Waves crested over the dragon-like mountains. The wind flung me across the sea. I braced myself for the crash, but it never came. Wooden branches cracked under my back as strong feathered wings battered us away from immediate peril. Your brother Andahai says that was very stupid, Kiki chided me as I rolled onto my stomach in the basket. She didn't have time to relay any further reprimands. Benkai directed us into the headwinds, and we rushed across the Taijin Sea, trying to outrun the Dragon King before he realized I was still alive. But a new danger presented itself as the clouds shifted, unveiling the sun. It was sinking, minutes away from dusk. If my brothers couldn't reach land in time, they'd transform in midair over the broiling sea. We had to act quickly. The most important thing was my satchel of starstroke. Benkai was the most athletic of my brothers, the fastest and strongest flyer in his crane form. I shoved the leather strap into his beak, waving for him to take it to the shore. He didn't hesitate. His neck dipped slightly under the weight of the satchel as he sped toward the shore. He'd make it. I knew he would. I just wasn't so sure about the rest of us. Light Lightning chased us, long and crooked like dragon claws sent by Nazayun himself. The bolts thrashed the sky, some striking so close that I could smell the smoke they left curling behind them, like ribbons of bone. The shore appeared, and I could see the hem of the Taijin Sea foaming against the pebbled sands. Just a few more seconds of light, I prayed. The sun did not hear me. The sh she stretched her amber arms, burnished with the sleepy glow of the rising stars across the sea one last time, making the tides gleam, then the last rays of daylight sank beyond the horizon, and as night fell, so did we. Terror clotted my throat, the wind threw me out of my basket, and I heard myself scream into my head. In every direction, my brothers spun away from me, the moonlight hitting the fluid contours of their face as their shrieks turned into human cries. Hasha struggled to hold me. I grasped at his feathers, but he trembled uncontrollably as my stepmother's dark spell seized his body. His eyes hollowed, his legs began to crouch, and the face contoured with pain. His long black beak shrank into pale lips and his slightly hooked nose. Frail bird bones reconstructing themselves into human ones, muscles thickening into arms, lungs gasping as if he couldn't breathe. When he hit the water, he still hadn't finished changing. I knew it would be the same for the others. I gulped a breath, a mere blink, before the sea devoured me too. It was a miracle that my bones didn't shatter. They certainly felt like they had. I couldn't tell how deep I sank. Eerie stripes of moonlight illuminated the water, passing over my body like ghosts. All my hands flailed, my legs instinctively kicked propelling me upward. I swam for the surface, and my head growing light and heavy at the same time. My lungs pinched tight, my heart pumping madly to keep me alive. I kicked harder. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Reiji struggling to grasp a piece of debris. I grabbed him, pain spasming through my hands. I wrapped my arm around his neck, kicking both of us to shore, where Kiki and the rest of my brothers were waiting. The twins greeted Reiji and me, but Andahai and Ash Hasho were crouched beside Benkai. My second brother had collapsed on the sand. I ran to him. Benkai! Hasho propped him up, and Andahai shook him until finally Benkai spat sand and seawater. I wasn't the only one who collapsed with relief. 
You scared us, brother, and a high punched Benkai in the shoulder. We thought you died. Benkai managed to smile. It'll take more than the Dragon King to kill me. Seawater dripped from his hair onto the thin robe over his shoulders. But if we keep away from the Taijin Sea for a while, I won't complain. I threw my arms around him, laughing silently as I hugged him. You're hurt, said Hasho, seeing me flinch as I withdrew from the hug. He took my arm. Benkai, quick, come take a look. It's nothing. I hid my hands behind my back away from my brother's inspection, but Benkai was firm. Let me see, Shiori. With great reluctance, I held out my palms, and Hasho and Benkai both inhaled sharply. This morning, my hands had been those of a young girl, calloused from hard work at Sparrow Inn, with some cooking burns that were still healing, but otherwise smooth and unblemished. Now my skin was raw, bubbling with silver and red veins that mirrored the star-stroked sleeves. The burning pain had subsided, but simply curling my fingers still hurt enough to make me clench my teeth. It'll pass, I gestured with a shrug. It's already getting better. Not believing me, Hasha ripped his sleeve and wrapped my hands. He held my shoulders, half smiling at me. What is it, I mouthed. Do I have kelp on my hair? You look like her, said Hasho, his eyes fierce and proud. Mama. I did? My brothers had never said that. Only a little, Rajib replied. Mama was more beautiful and infinitely less impulsive. I glared at him, but a slight smile, one that wasn't unkind, spread across my face. You're yourself, Shiori, the knot that holds us together, whether we like it or not. Then he and my brothers did something they had never done before. They bowed, lowering their heads in respect. Get up, I mouthed, ushering them to rise. Honestly, Kiki, can you tell them to get up? My paper bird tilted her head to the side coyly. It's not my place to tell the princes of Kyoto what to do. Only the princess? Only the princess. The lightning had ceased, leaving jagged scars among the starry patchwork of night. I searched the heavens for stars I recognized. There weren't many. The rabbit, Frenda Emurina, the moon lady, the hunter's bow and arrow, which belonged to Emurina's husband, and the crane, the sacred messenger of fate. The crane was a constellation of seven stars northeast of the moon. I traced it with my finger the way I did when I was a child. Father had named those seven stars after us seven children. Andahai, Benkai, Reiji, Yotan, Wande, Hasho, and Shiori. No matter where life takes you, he would say, you will be like those stars, connected by the light you shine together. Though it was cold on the beach and we were drenched with rain and seawater, somehow I felt warmer than I had in a long, long time.